Welcome into another edition of the Wisports.net podcast. I'm Travis Wilson, general manager at Wisports.net, and your host for the WSN podcast. A lot going on in high school sports as we are into this busy crossover season with the alternate season uh, fall sports that were played in the spring wrapping up. Of course, volleyball championships were held last week. We are into the uh, end portion of the football season. Boys soccer uh, coming up, uh, their, their playoffs starting very soon. And spring sports getting underway. This week was the first day of full practice for baseball, softball, girls uh, and boys track and field, and uh, also, what was the other one? Tennis, or excuse me, uh, golf, I believe, boys golf. Uh, for those teams that chose to participate, or excuse me, that, that are, are all participating here in this alternate, or excuse me, in the adjusted traditional spring sports schedule. Of course, all those practices pushed back anywhere from a few weeks to a month almost uh, to account for the alternate fall schedule. And that does mean that some teams, some players are, are in a little bit of an overlap some of the football teams, for instance, are, are going to be done after week six or even week five to allow their, their athletes to get to their traditional spring sports that were completely canceled last year due to the pandemic. So this, uh, this changeover, this transition time is always a very busy one for, uh, for everyone, including us here at WSN. And we're going to talk a little bit uh, about both seasons on today's podcast, we're going to talk football. We're going to talk a little bit of a, a week five preview. Also going to talk uh, a little bit about the combine, the WFCA combine that is coming up this weekend. And uh, a real quick preview uh, of the high school baseball season, courtesy of and and, uh, and, and thanks to our, our good friends at the Wisconsin Baseball Coaches Association, and especially Joe Waite, who is the writer and editor of the Baseball Wisconsin Yearbook, which has come out. And, uh, and the physical copy will be shipping soon. The the e-edition uh, he put together will be uh, will be available or is available for those people that ordered it. So we're going to touch on a, on a little bit uh, football and baseball today. And, and let's start with just a, a quick uh, kind of breakdown of, of the Combine this weekend. Um, over 450 players signed up for that event. Looking forward to another great, great uh, uh, high school football event at the Combine. Um, looking back, I, I had a chance to kind of go back through our records. Uh, the Combine started in 2015 or 14. Now I'm, uh, now I'm confusing myself. 14. 2014 was the first year. Uh, that year it was held uh, at Arrowhead for the skill position players, and then the linemen uh, headed over to the, uh, the old... Uh, walk, or excuse me, uh, next level facility in Waukesha. After that, it moved to Sussex Hamilton for a number of years, and uh, and then this year, as well as last fall, held at next level in Waukesha. Uh, Brad Arnett and, and his group uh, do an outstanding job uh, running the running the event itself. So, uh, again, I had a chance to kind of look back at, at some of the names that have been at the combine since we started in 2014 uh, with the WFCA combine, and it's. It's a who's who of, of players. I mean, almost, uh, you know, most of the All-State kids, most of the players of the year uh, at the state level have been there. Just kind of going down the list, 
You know, going back to 2014, you had Sam Heckel from Waukesha West, who went on to play at Syracuse. The next year in 2015, uh, C.J. Gates, Lawrence Johnson, L.O. Johnson, Logan Bruss, Logan McCormick, Tyler Beach, Josh Seltzner. Uh, the next year, you had Davion Nixon, who's expected to be a very high draft pick in the NFL draft. Boyd Dietzen, Julius Davis, uh, Trey Wiedig uh, the following year. The Chennault brothers were there that year. Hunter Lupke from Spencer Columbus Catholic, who's making a good name for himself at North Dakota State. Uh, 2018, Ben Barton, Logan Schernitz, uh, Jack Nelson, Alex Current, Hunter Wohler. Of course, Wohler is a multi-time player of the year in the state of Wisconsin. Uh, 2019, Tanner Bordellini, Cade McDonald, Max Musen, Gavin Meyer, uh, Christian Welch was there in 2015. I mean, that doesn't even include guys like Hunter Johnson, who was a, a state player of the year, Matt Lorbeck, who was a state player of the year, a number of other Division I players, Matt Henningsen, Austin Ertl, Mike Brunner, Seth Wilson, Brady Shipper, uh, Adam Moen. I mean, the list is long in terms of outstanding players that have uh, been at the WFCA Combine, and many of them have obviously excelled at the WFCA Combine. Uh, a few performances that kind of stick out from over the years, uh, a few years ago when Jack Nelson from Stoughton was there, he had already committed to Wisconsin by that time. But he came, he wanted to uh, compete, wanted to, you know, just get out there and, and, and enjoy himself. And man, did he put on a show. I can't remember the exact number he he did in the shuttle and in the L drill, but it was one of the fastest in the event. And he was, you know, 6'6", 270 pounds at the time, something like that. Um, just incredible what he did athletically there. And of course, now he's uh, looking at working his way into their starting rotation at Wisconsin this fall, potentially. The Chanel brothers uh, from Grantsburg, John and Leo, of course, both Start uh, very successful players at Wisconsin right now. When they were there in 2017, uh, I think it was John's junior year, the, the spring of his junior year, and, and I think um, Leo was a sophomore. But watching those two walk in, you could look at them and see that they were physically at a different level than everybody else. Uh, the the muscle that they had on, and you know, just the way they looked, they looked like college football players already and of course went on to great success at Grantsburg and now at the University of Wisconsin. Uh, we've had some blistering times uh, at the at the combine, you know, sub 4 440s hand timed via the the professionals at next level. Uh, so it's just a great event. I, I love getting there. Unfortunately, the last few times I have been sidelined. Last year I was uh, in the in the COVID protocol in the fall, of course the spring combine, combine got canceled. 2019, I think it was, uh, I, I was not able to attend. Uh, I had a funeral for my uh, for my grandmother who had passed away. So it's been a couple of years since I've been at the Combine, and I'm really looking forward to getting back and, and checking everything out and, uh, and getting to see as well that, that new facility, new to, to me anyway, I haven't been there yet, at, at Next Level uh, in Waukesha, and uh, always a, a great uh, great opportunity to catch up with a lot of good friends at the WFCA and uh, Coach Arnett and, and all the guys at Next Level. Uh, so uh, going to be a good day on Saturday. And, and just as a reminder to you know people that might be listening that are attending the WFCA Combine, there are some different protocols in place. Um, it will be just, spe- or excuse me, just participants 
college coaches and combine staff that will be allowed uh, inside the facility. No spectators will be allowed in the facility uh, at the WFCA combine. Um, in part because there's there's not as much room. There's just not a, enough room to accommodate all of those people, but also because of COVID protocols and, and trying to limit exposure and things like that. Uh, with the state's mask order lifted, players uh, will be asked to wear a mask into the facility at check-in. They'll have a temperature taken. If they're cleared, then the masks can be removed uh, once they are into uh, the, the testing area. Um and obviously, if, if anyone's experiencing symptoms, if anyone's had an exposure, anything like that, you know, asking that they uh, that they stay home and, uh, and and follow the proper protocols. And I know there's a few, uh, unfortunately, players that have uh, have had to drop out uh, for uh, protocols and, and a number of them that have had injuries or scheduling conflicts. That's kind of always the case um, on, a, on an average year, roughly eight to 10 percent uh, do not show up the day of, uh, which is odd to me that you sign up for something and pay for something and then don't show up but you know things come up and, and things happen and it doesn't always work out I get it but looking forward to a great day on Saturday uh, on Friday night I'm going to be making the trip down going to stay overnight down in that area and uh, going to take in a football game on Friday night put it out on Twitter earlier this week I had planned on or, or thought about initially going up to Bayport for Bayport hosting Fond du Lac but with uh, Bayport losing two straight, you know, I just it was kind of, um, you know, not not as big a game perhaps. So uh, rather than drive three hours up there and then three hours back to the hotel, it, I just decided to stay a little bit more local. So I'm gonna uh, check out uh, the Pius versus the Madison Club team Friday night at Wisconsin Lutheran College. Going to have a couple guests with me. Tony Biolo uh, and Doug Sarver from the WFCA are going to join me. So looking forward to uh, to getting out to that game. I've, I have not seen Pius before. I have not seen the Madison Club team. I mean, I've seen some of those players when you know when they were at West or Memorial perhaps uh, a year ago or a couple years ago. But, uh, you know, big credit to, to Brad Murphy and, and what he has done with that group, um, trying to find them an opportunity to play. Uh, with the the Madison schools canceling completely their high school football season, not only in the fall, but also in the spring. Uh, By the way, I I am uh, anticipating going to a Fond du Lac game likely in week seven, the final game of the regular season, where Fond du Lac almost certainly will be playing either Kimberly or Appleton North uh, in this Fox Valley Classic uh, setup that they have this year, four divisions of five teams, uh, they're doing some crossover games at the end of the year. So Fond du Lac will play Bayport this week. And even if they do happen to lose to Bayport, Fond du Lac will finish first in that division. So in week six, they will play the second place team from Group B, which will be either Appleton North or Kimberly, whoever loses this week's game between those two teams. And then Fond du Lac would play the uh, the winner of that Kimberly-Appleton North matchup in week seven. So Kimberly, or excuse me, Fond du Lac's going to close with Bayport, Kimberly, Appleton North. It just depends on uh, which team they would play first in those last couple weeks. So anyway, long story short, week seven, uh, I'll be heading to likely Fond du Lac. Um, I, I can't remember where those games are, which which division is the host team, I guess. But it'll be Fond du Lac against either Appleton North or Kimberly. And 
I mean, it could be an unofficial state spring championship type of game at that point. Um, those are uh, Fond du Lac's one, Kimberly is two, Appleton North is four. You've got Sun Prairie at three, but Sun Prairie's not going to play anybody outside of the Big Eight. They're playing uh, Middleton twice, Verona twice, and Beloit Memorial twice. So it's hard to you know fit slot in where they might be comparatively. <clears throat> so, I mean, a good chance, you know, if it's Fondy, Kimberly, both teams undefeated in that last week, I mean, why not? Let's call it an unofficial state championship game. Apologies to my good friend, Brian Kaminsky, uh, if that were the case. And if, you know, if everybody stays undefeated at that point, or again, if, if Appleton beats, if Appleton North beats Kimberly this week and it's Fondy, Appleton North, both teams undefeated at that point, you know, let's, let's uh, strap them up and that's going to be a great game. Other games of note this week, there are actually three undefeated matchups, uh, Kimberly and Appleton North. I already kind of teased that one a little bit, but uh, whoever wins that one finishes in first place in Group B of that Fox Valley Classic. These are, of course, longtime rivals. I, I have watched these teams play at Appleton North way back in 2008, I think it was, maybe 2009. It was one of my first years at WSN. I, I made the trip up to Appleton North and watched them. Uh, play Kimberly, um, and of course those teams have had some great battles over the years. Kimberly obviously got the best of Appleton North a number of times during their 70-game winning streak a, a couple years ago, but Appleton North is looking very, very good. Uh, Matt Shackelman at quarterback, uh, incredibly efficient, uh, either perfect or near-perfect um, uh, passer rating. Cal Martini, 540 rushing yards, nine touchdowns, and keep in mind they've only played three games to this point. They had one game that was uh, was canceled, unfortunately, and they weren't able to fill. So you've got that one again. You've got that Fond du Lac Bayport game. Bayport's not undefeated, but that's a, a big one. Other undefeated games this week, though, you've got Lodi versus Columbus. That game's going to be at Fall River High School, the the beautiful turf field on the uh, on the uh, with the lake or pond. I think it's a small lake, kind of in the backdrop. Um, at Fall River. Those teams are, are certainly used to each other as members of the Capital North. Usually this year they're, they're playing as part of the Rock Valley Small, but both teams ranked in the top 10 of the medium schools coaches poll on WSN. And then a, a small school game between Cashton and Royal, both teams undefeated. Royal has looked a little bit more impressive this year, uh, a little bit of an upstart. Cashton has got very good numbers in their program. They've been, they, they had a few injuries that they were working through, but uh, that's a big game in the uh, Scenic Bluffs. Now, both teams have yet to play Bangor. Uh, I can't remember which one plays Bangor in Week 6 and, excuse me, which one plays in Week 7, but uh, three unbeaten teams in that conference, two of them meeting up tonight. Other games of note, you've got uh, Greendale and Whitnall. That's going to be a, a very good game. You've got uh, GET and Arcadia. That's the second time around for them. And that was a, a thriller the first time they played. GET stopped a potential game-winning two-point conversion by Arcadia in the uh, closing seconds. And uh, GET won that one 20-19 the first time around. You've got Verona and Middleton the second time around. That was an exciting game the first time. I think it was 18-15. Middleton won that one before. Verona's 1-3. They might be the best 1-3 team in the state. Just haven't been able to get that offense going, unfortunately, even with Jackson Aker uh, back there at running back. Um, we've seen Horlick looking to bounce back. They lost last week to Menasha, the game I was at. They traveled to Milwaukee Lutheran, who's undefeated, but this is certainly the, 
um, the, the best team that Milwaukee Lutheran has played to this point. Kiwani and Menasha, that's a nice game. St. Mary Springs and Mayville, both those teams lost last week. And uh, you've got Amro and Lomira kind of dominating that flyway conference right now. Uh, so, you know, it's the spring season. There's no playoffs. You're likely out of the conference title race. So how do you respond after you lost um, for, for both these teams? Does it provide extra motivation? Does it provide an opportunity to, you know, kind of, for some players potentially, kind of mentally pack it in and, uh, you know, put a damper on your on your team spirit? So how do you respond from that? Uh, but hopefully that's a, a good game there and, and they get back at it. So some very good games on this week five football schedule. Next week, we start uh, getting into some interesting games on some of these crossovers. Again, I mentioned the Fox Valley Classic is going to be doing crossovers these last two weeks. The Woodland Conference has uh, already determined their um, crossovers that they're doing in week six and week seven, which includes the uh, Racine schools filling in some of those spots. Um, So some, some interesting games coming up. And again, the the big ones involving Fond du Lac are ones that I'm really looking forward to. And as I mentioned on Twitter uh, earlier this week, I really hope that the Flyway looks at it and, and finds a way to get Lomira and Amro to match up. Uh, with Rippon and Wapan coming into that league for the spring season, they had more teams than, than weeks, so they had an unbalanced schedule. You're not going to play everybody. And right now, Amro and Lomira are not set to play. But in this year of unprecedented flexibility, of teams moving games and picking up games at the last minute even, I would love to see the league and the teams find a way to make it work so that Amro and Lomira could play against each other and, and you know get that, uh, that great game that, that many people would love to see. Whether it happens or not, I don't know. Uh, Lomira still has, I think it's Mayville in week seven. Uh, and, and again, Mayville's a very good team, but... I, Let's let's find a way. Let's let's make it happen, right? Uh, that's my two cents anyway. So, so again, some good games on the schedule in week five. Some good games closing things out. <clears throat> excuse me. Here in the last couple weeks of the season, and that means that we're very close to high school traditional spring sports, including high school baseball starting up. And as I mentioned, the baseball Wisconsin yearbook uh, it will be shipped shortly. The people that ordered it, uh, I think, got a e-edition, a PDF downloadable that they could look at. Uh, again, Joe Waite does an incredible job with that publication, has for a number of years. He was battling some health problems this year, and, and with the season change and everything else going on, um, you know, presented some challenges, but huge credit to him, as well as the the rest of, uh, he had some some people that helped out in a big way. Mark Fuller has, has long been a, a key contributor to that, and Chris Leveled. I believe helped this year. Um, so, you know, it, it's a great publication. I don't know that they're selling it anymore. I think he was only doing one run of, of pre-orders for the book itself, but you can always always give it a shot. You can check it out at the, the Wisconsin Baseball Coaches Association website. They might have some other uh, opportunity to, to purchase the book there. I'm not sure. But huge uh, amount of information in there. You've, you've got preseason rankings that, that we'll detail here shortly and that will be up on wissports.net this week. You've got conference previews, which includes team previews for every team in the state, at least the ones that return surveys. 
obviously very difficult to kind of know what's going to happen this year with last year being completely uh, canceled. Um, nobody got a chance to play. You don't know who's coming back. Uh, you don't know who's improved. You don't know necessarily you know who the all-conference players were from a couple years ago because most of them would have uh, would have graduated in, in 2019. Most of them would have been either uh, 2019 or 2020 graduates on those all-conference lists. So uh, again, just a lot of uncertainty, but it does uh, create you know some uh, some pretty good interest, I think. And uh, there is a, a ton of excitement for these traditional spring sports to get back at it after last year having to cancel their season. So if you take a look at the uh, at the preseason rankings from Baseball Wisconsin, no surprise, a lot of the same similar names that we've seen over the years at the top and, and towards the top of some of these rankings. You'll, you'll be shocked to learn, I'm sure, that Sun Prairie is the number one team in the Division I preseason rankings. Uh, teams like Bayport and Oak Creek, Eau Claire North, uh, Burlington Kimberly, all ranked very highly in Division I as well. So again, a lot of the same... Same names that we've heard over and over again, not surprisingly. In Division II, Catholic Memorial is the number one team in Division II. Uh, new, new head coach this year, Tim Gotzler, uh, left for Menominee Falls. Uh, Sean Smith is the new coach, but uh, that's a, a quality program there. You've got other teams like Wapan and Pewaukee, Turner, uh, Edgewood, you know, again, some of the the familiar names that we're used to seeing. Speaking of familiar names, Viroqua and head coach Pete Swanson ranked number one in Division Three in the preseason. Just an incredible program that they have there at Viroqua. I played against them a number of times in high school. Uh, coach Swanson was a coach way back then as well. Um, so a, a great facility that they have there too in terms of their field and, and the, the location and, and everything. Uh Regis, Minra Point, Marcusan, Aquinas, Westby, uh, just a, a lot of the same names towards the top of Division Three, Division Four. You've got Boyceville as the number one team in the preseason rankings. They uh, were a state qualifier in 2019. Uh, got a couple of really talented uh, Division One recruits on that team as well. So uh, they're the number one team. Edgar Webster is up there. Surprise, surprise. Uh, Owen Washburn is the uh, the last of the Washburns, Washburns to go through. Of course, their head uh, head coach there is Jared Washburn, the, the father father of uh, of Owen. Barneveld, Johnson Creek, uh, you know Rosholt with Jack Brooks, um, a lot of the the same same names that we've been talking about. So, just a, a quick rundown of of some of the better teams as as picked by the baseball wisconsin yearbook and again you can look for those rankings uh, those preseason rankings to be out on our site here shortly this week and and uh looking forward to getting the the baseball season underway again after uh after having nothing last year so uh again busy time with this changeover period for us uh with with the changeover period in high school sports in general Hoping that everyone uh, continues to stay healthy. We've been very successful uh, in terms of football this this spring. Over 95% of the games have been played every single week, um, in, at least related to COVID and COVID cancellations. Uh, unfortunately, the last few weeks, there have been some non-COVID cancellations that, that have uh, come up with low program numbers at places like Green Bay East, Green Bay West, West Dallas Central have all had to cancel multiple games 
um, because of low program numbers. A couple other programs uh, were, were in that position as well. Uh, hopefully that's just a, a function of this weird alternate season, especially when you're talking about bigger teams, uh, at least bigger schools, like a Green Bay East and a West Dallas Central, both over 1,000 enrollment. Green Bay West is seven or 800. Um, you know, those programs have struggled. It's, it's no surprise, you know, no, no secret that they've struggled in general. And when you struggle, you struggle to get kids out. The more successful you are, the more participation you're going to get, and it uh, snowballs. But uh, hopefully those things get turned around and, and those teams can come back this year. Hopefully they can get uh, things turned around and, and improve the programs for next year and going forward. But again, overall, from a COVID perspective, things have gone uh, very well this spring. Uh, and speaking of that, uh, Dr. Tim McGoin at UW Health is, is putting out another survey uh, to, to try to gauge uh, you know, what this has meant and what the return to sports has meant to, to kids and mental health and physical well-being, that kind of thing. Um, you, can, you can check that out at, at UW Health. Uh, they're asking for as many high school athletes as possible to take that survey. Uh, we sent it out to, uh, to coaches. Uh, you know, we, we promoted it. So any players uh, certainly try to take advantage of that and, and just provide some additional metrics and information around return to high school sports and, and what it all means. But we're excited. We're excited to get to a little bit nicer weather, hopefully. You know, it's been a little cold and chilly on some Friday nights so far. Hopefully it's a little bit nicer this week. Um, and we've got, uh, got three weeks of the high school football season left with some great games remaining, including some games this weekend. And uh, the Combine, spring sports starting up, a lot going on, and we're excited to, uh, to get at it. But that will do it for this week's edition of the WSN Podcast. By the way, before I go, I, I want to tease a little bit. Uh, next week is the NFL Draft, and we're going to have a conversation on our WSN podcast next week with several players from the state of Wisconsin that have gone through that process, that have been drafted, um, and, and get their their you know story, what, what it was like for them building to the draft, draft day, when, you know, when they thought they, they were uh, a, a legitimate draft prospect. Going to be a real fun conversation. We've got, uh, got three players lined up. We'll, uh, we'll tease it a little bit more next week, uh, but to have a conversation with them and, and get their perspective is going to be a lot of fun. So look forward to that next week. But uh, again, uh, that'll do it for this week, for this week's edition of the WSN podcast. I am Travis Wilson. We'll see you at a game.